eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Like a high, high five, not really a five. What would you call that? Everybody's doing it at this point. I don't know. I'm cool with it. It's just a vibe. It's a lot of fun. So. A high vibe? Huh? What would you call it? A high what? A high vibe? No, that's a high. Mm, you know? <laughs> mm. well, what's the word for it? There, there is no word for it. I don't think there's a word for it. There's no word for it. It's just part of our our non-verbal it's like, vocabulary. It's kind of like it's forget Italians. about it. Hey, you gotta hey, add a little of this. Hey, Next hey, is this, because oh, that hey. becomes that, right? Yeah, it does. This becomes this becomes this. and uh, There's a lot of ways you know. can go. You're right. It's like it can give you praise and good, and it can hey, become real bad hey, in a hurry a, as it's well. It's got an emoji. There's yeah. an emoji. Right, right. It's just kind of like, it's just emphasis. <laughs> you don't really know what it means. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. So fully leaning into the Jersey, yeah, Jersey. Italian That's right. head vibe. That's right. Tommy DeVito, you come into Jersey. We don't care if you're from Boston or not. You're going to get your ass whooped. Okay. Okay. New England, you don't mess with Jersey and Tommy DeVito like that. It's funny. You know, my son <laughs> types up the interviews that I do. After the games, yeah, and it's it's a quick turnaround. It's a lot of work, and and after we did Devito last week, right? He and he's you know he doesn't watch the show, so he he won't he won't uh, find out about this unless somebody tells him. Don't tell him. He's like, man, that guy really mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> watch it, Alex. Don't come to Jersey yeah. now. <laughs> they all mumble. We right. will mumble. What do you mean mumble? It ain't mumbles how we talk. We don't mumble. That's right. We don't mumble. You say we mumble. You mumbling. Mumble. You mumble. I got you mumble right here. All right. So uh, superlatives time. You got your superlatives right here. Right here. You see? We got it right here. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Cleveland-Denver game. Offense is your best defense sometimes. And what I mean by that, right, with offense is your best defense, to me, one of the things of the game and why I picked the Cleveland Browns to win the football game, and I think you did too, right? You picked oh, yeah, Cleveland I too, right? best bet and well, picked the under. Oh, that's right, Dave. You did double best yeah, bet. Know, really oh, suck it, Florio. Way to go, Broncos. I, now I feel even better, right? I should have named this the suck it, Florio superlative. But either way, what I mean by the offense is their best defense, I just impressed the game plan by Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and the fact that they didn't let Cleveland's defense win the game. 
You know, that's a big way in Cleveland and how they're trying to play right now, right? We know their offense, the quarterback situation, all that. You know, they're, they're dependent on, we want to get a strip sack. We, we got to get an interception, pick sixes. That's how they've won a lot of these football games through their defense. And other than a, what was it? I believe a fourth down, uh, where the Broncos went for it uh, on the Cleveland side and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo forced a fumble on Russell Wilson. For the most part, they played smart on that side of the ball. They ran the ball. They didn't let Cleveland's crazy pass rush and all the things they do on defense become the theme of the football game. They realized it was going to be tough and ugly, and they played that way. Understanding the big scope of the game, to me, that's where Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have gone next level here the last few weeks. It's just understanding what, what they got to do to win this football game right there. Offense made a few plays. They ran the ball surprisingly really well on Cleveland. I didn't expect that. And then Russell makes a magic play at the end to kind of put Cleveland away, and that's been the the Broncos recipe for success here as of late it it really is amazing to see how they have turned it around and it's a testament to what Sean Payton and Vance Joseph have been able to do they bottomed out week three giving up 70 points against the Dolphins they were one in five they've now won five in a row and they are for real and they play the Texans this weekend that's gonna be wow what a battle maybe an elimination game I don't know and I gotta revisit my whole Broncos Texans and Bills all (laughs) make it but but the Broncos have really been incredible and I thought it was gonna run out for them because I thought the Browns were gonna go in there and suffocate them on Sunday and the Browns got up or got down early and if you know and it just shows you we talk about this all the time you don't think of it in terms of points think of it in terms of scores but when you get a team with a great defense and a so-so offense, if you get them down two scores, that kind of changes everything, yeah. and it makes it so much easier to deliver the victory. And it wasn't 14 nothing; It was 2 nothing. Yeah. And, and the Browns still, still hung around, made Definitely. it close, Fight kept back. it interesting. And to the Broncos' credit, they – they, they pulled back they the momentum. Away, yeah. They did. Yeah. You know, they, they, and I think to your point, you're right. Getting out early against Cleveland's a big thing because now their defense can't tee off. It doesn't become a pass game. Right. The, for the most part of the day, they got to play the game on their terms. And then when they knocked out DTR on the football game with a brutal hit by uh, Barrett Browning, oh, you know, that was kind of the moment where you're like, man, he was kind of making some plays and you went, hey, this is not too big for him. Let's see if he can, you know, bring them back in this football game but he got crushed and that was kind of all she wrote for Cleveland and their offense and you know think about this we need to move on to the next one but remember all that stuff Sean Payton said to Jared Bell back in late July early yeah, August and right. it was such a big stir and it created a lot of sympathy for Nathaniel Hackett yeah. and a lot of acrimony for Sean Payton when we kind of look back at it now when you think about everything he said Sean Payton was kind of right he was kind of right look at what he's done to turn around Russell Wilson and how he bashed all the people who were part of the Broncos for not being the grown-up in the room, not coaching him the way he needs to be coached. He's gotten a lot more out of him. And Hackett has not been good this year no, with the Jets. I, 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 he has somehow escaped. I wonder if one of the reasons he's escaped so much scrutiny is because what Peyton said Peyton created this kind Rogers. of like, yeah, like, like oh, we're, we're just going to, well, it can't be Nathaniel Hackett. Well, maybe it is Nathaniel Hackett because who else is running that offense when Aaron Rodgers is gone, like, what else do you do? What have you done to yeah. try to counter that? It hasn't worked. So anyway, it's gone 180 from when you look at the reaction to what Peyton said and you look at how it all has come to fruition now, everything he said was kind of right. Well, and everything the, he said is kind of bearing itself the, the out. The point is you don't say it. Right. right? I know. You don't do that to anybody. I know. And there was a lot of circumstances. I don't think he thought he was on the record. On. I don't think he thought yeah, he was on the record. He was that. on the record. I understand that. And he's not going yeah. to admit I, I – I, you know, I screwed up. I, 
I was on the record, and it's on me to say off the record. Right. It's on him to say off the record, and he knows that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and listen, we all make mistakes, and he obviously made one there, right? Yeah, we don't like throwing under the, anybody under the bus. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, the point is, is Sean Payton's like a hell of a football coach, one of the best head coaches we've seen in the game over the last 20 years, let alone one of the best offensive minds. And everything he brings to the table is starting to show through the rest of his football team in Denver. All right, my – First superlative, welcome back to the 400 Club. There's all sorts of clubs out there. Clubs you want to be in, clubs you don't want to be in, like the Mile High Club. I don't yeah. know if you well, really want to be yeah. in that. I, well, the, who doesn't want to the be in the Mile High Club? I don't know. The 700 I mean, Club. Really? <laughs> the, and I, I thought of the 400 Club because of the 700 Club, and I never really knew what the 700 Club meant. I think it means, hey, people out there watching at home, send us $700. I think that's what the 700 Club oh, When was. I hear 700 Club, I just think of like home runs and baseball. No, I mean, no, that's Pat Robertson. But I do it? remember an yeah. old commercial of 700 Club. Well, it was like a team. I don't want to get myself in any trouble. Yeah. But, you know, the, the people on TV who prey upon those who don't want to go to hell, so send us a lot of money and oh, we'll right. go to hell, gotcha, that gotcha. kind of thing. Yes, gotcha. uh, anyway, I'm going to go to hell for even saying <laughs> that. The Steelers are back in the 400 club for the first time in 58 games. Wow. No game. 58 games. For 58 straight with at least 400 yards of total offense. They got back their first time since week two of 2020. 424 yards without Matt Canada. Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan handling the offensive duties. Pat Fryermuth had a big day between the numbers, getting the ball down the field more than we've seen by Kenny Pickett. The running game was incredible. Najee Harris did really well. The defense was great. It helped to not face Joe Burrow. I think that game's a different outcome without Joe Burrow. And oh, by the way, by the way, Mike Tomlin almost blew the whole thing by not throwing the red flag. And he said after the game, didn't get a good look at it. But Deontay Johnson, we're going to talk more about this on Wednesday when we yeah. do after further review. But, man, you got to be ready. And, and Peyton has said in the past, when it's obvious that you need to throw the red flag, you hear 12 people in your headset saying throw the right. red flag. When it's not obvious, yeah, it's crickets. you don't hear Nobody anything. wants to be the one that Nobody says throw wants the to be red the one flag to say and be wrong. Right. Yeah. right. So I guess it all happened too quickly, but – that red flag needed to come out because that touchdown could have been the difference. For a while, it felt like, uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. are they going to lose because that, of that They're going to lose because they didn't get yeah. that touchdown. Yeah, no, it was a big moment in the football game, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an important part of the game. Hey, listen, we saw last night even with the Ravens, right, and Harbaugh, there was two plays where I go, you got the first down. Wait a second and challenge it because now you're going to go for it and not get it. And now they're going to have the ball when you really got the first down and it was a bad Oh, that spot. one was obvious. And right. then they do the direct snap to Gus Edwards. First of all, first of all, I know John Harbaugh, a very accomplished coach. I believe in what John Harbaugh does. Yeah. Here's what I don't believe in. Taking the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands on fourth and short. It's Lamar Jackson. Well, or at least you keep him in the backfield with the threat of the shoot. run. Right. Right? His don't part of what opens there. up your run game. Yeah. And, right. and, you, and you snap it back to Gus Edwards that far, so he's got to not just gain what you need, but he's got to get back to the line of scrimmage in the first place. Yeah. That always drives me crazy. Runs out a shotgun, whether it's a handoff or the quarterback runs it on fourth and short. You are, you've got to gain the yardage you're giving up by right. getting the Let ball in the first place. you're not going place. downhill that far. Yeah. as much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's some issues there. But back to your Pittsburgh superlative. Yeah. I'm sorry I took us off base there. That's with all right. The, the Ravens talk. I mean – you you said it right. I think there was more of an aggressive mindset in the past game. It wasn't like, oh, wow, this is unbelievable. But still, you could tell there was an emphasis, and we're going to push the ball down the field. Fryermuth definitely adds another element that he's healthy that allows them to take advantage of the middle of the field. And, you know... Even before the Matt Canada firing, we were seeing inklings of the Steelers' O-line. 
you know, starting to push people up around in the run game. Did a pretty good job of protecting Kenny Pickett there. Now the next thing is, like, all these yards and stuff got to translate to more points. That's the next thing we see with Pittsburgh because all that and the positives we talk about, still, the game was 7-3, to three, right? And it was thir- late in the third quarter, and the Bengals were down in easy field goal range and browning through a horrible interception to the left side to Thompson – and that's where the game changed forever right there, where you felt like, man, Cincinnati, it kind of feels like they're going to out Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh today and kind of defense and win ugly here. He throws that interception. Pittsburgh goes down and answers with a touchdown, and they controlled the game from that point on, and that was all she wrote. And, you know, one of the keys for the Steelers, too, and, and I asked Cam Hayward afterwards, scale of 1 to 10, how important was that offensive coordinator change to what we saw? And he said, I, I don't know how important it was, but – you got to close ranks, rally around each other. It's easy to point the finger and say this is what happened, but at the end of the day, the players have to execute. And I think that's one thing that got lost in all the Matt Canada hatred. The players weren't executing. Kenny right. Pickett was part of the problem, and now the players are executing. The offensive line is executing. It's just kind of like the kick in the butt they needed, and now they carry it forward and see see how far it'll take them. All right, what else do you have? Well, I'm, I'm going to give the upper quartile award to the Indianapolis Colts, right? They are officially in the upper quartile. Of the upper quartile. The upper quartile of the upper quartile. They're not in the upper quartile of the upper Do they hang quartile. a banner for yesterday's yeah, game? Yeah, they, they might. I don't do. think they hang a banner for the week Jim Irsay right. had. We're not going to get into it, but I don't <laughs> think they hang a banner for Jim Irsay's <laughs> third week in November. Well, well, if he says to hang a banger about himself, he is the owner. They, yeah, they should do that. All right, but the, the you know, I didn't know if the go with the upper quartile of the upper quartile or go back to one of my favorite things to say about the Colts? The banner would say overcame prejudice against white billionaires. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I was going to go more along. Did I do upper quartile, upper quartile, or do I go the blue walls back? They're that's true. They're going to build a wall. They're going to build the wall. They, uh, they, right now, I mean, I think that's the thing that impressed me about the Colts yesterday. The Colts, you know, their offensive line, Shane Steichen's creative run game to go along with it. Now, that's a Tampa defense that's got some big people up front and can stop the run. The Colts dominated the trenches. They, there's no doubt on both sides of the football. You know, offensively, we're great running the football, protected Gardner Minshew. Defensively, their pass rush was all over Baker Mayfield in big moments of the football game. You know, they got some things about their team that make them dangerous. Shane Sykins, an amazing head coach and one of the best offensive play callers in the game. Right? The run game, the O-line, really damn good. Minshew, as we see, you know, can play the position, and he's going to make a few plays for you every game. And then they know how to, even though Michael Pittman Jr. might be a superstar, he's a really damn good receiver that does everything, and they know how to get him open, and he's tough and has no weakness to his game. So Colts are dangerous. They are. And that was a game yesterday where, yeah, they won by seven, but it felt like they had more control than that. You know, it, it was another one where you felt like they should have won maybe by two touchdowns or so. Uh, but the Tampa hung in there, made some big plays to, to make it competitive. But way to go, Colts, uh, getting the victory and, and being in the playoffs as we stand right now. Extended opportunity this year for Gardner Minshew to maybe get someone else to say, we want him to be our starter next year. And if he gets to the playoffs, how do you not take him seriously next year? You know, he's the kind of guy where when you go all in, and get your cut-off jeans and your headband and your pack of cigarettes and you're all in with Gardner Minshew, grow the mustache, grow your hair, and you're full-blown Gardner Minshew, he lets you down. Yeah. And then when you write him off, it's kind of like, 
Oh wait, that was that was a pretty good play. Well, he, that was a he's a good game. To what you said, he's kind of the guy when you have that look where they're like most teams and football coaches. You know how they could be. They're gonna go like, really, really, this is the guy we're gonna the guy with the headband and the jorts on. We're gonna let him lead the organization. Not just jorts, right. the jorts with the pocket hanging under. It's cut so <laughs> high that the pocket hangs out uh, under. It's horrible. It's a horrible look. But but, but, he's playing but if football. they get to the playoffs, yeah. some I mean, there's not enough bad quarterbacks to go around in the NFL. This guy is working his way into a real opportunity. Not just the guy who holds the spot until we draft someone, but is the guy who yeah. you can make into your long-term option. All right, last one for me. This is the Remember the Name Award. It's a mild slap at the reality that Sean McVay likes name repetition, and he says everybody's name over and over and over and over again in press conferences. Hey, Chris, Chris. Oh, yes, Chris. That's a great question. Chris, 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 Chris. How about Kyron? How about Kyron? Let's remember Kyron Williams. My God. Yeah. There was a point yesterday in the second half where he had more yardage alone than the Cardinals did. And the Rams, remember that name too. Yeah. When we're parsing through the NFC playoff options. Not out hey, of it. They swept the Seahawks. And they're breathing down the Seahawks next. And they have that tiebreaker because, did I mention, they swept the Seahawks. And when the Seahawks are in this death march from 49ers to Cowboys to 49ers to Eagles, and the Rams have games against teams like the Cardinals, when they have a history of destroying the Cardinals, and they destroyed them yesterday 37-14, to and Kyron Williams is back and healthy, and he had a great, great game, the Rams are making the playoffs. Put me down right now. The Rams are getting in. And when you have healthy, if he's healthy in January, because yeah. who knows, yeah. Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, the Rams are going to be a tough team to beat when we get to the postseason. And I, I think they're making there. it. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said there. You know, Stafford's awesome. The defense is really damn good. It's creative. It's fast. It's physical. Right? So, And then Raheem Morris is one of the best E coordinators in the game. The big thing will be, and, and what they did yesterday was impressive to your point. It really, we haven't seen anybody really dominate the Cardinals like that all year. The Cardinals have been a pain in the butt and stayed in just about every game. This one, they could not stay or keep pace with the Rams. Stafford's health, he is phenomenal. We know that. You said it, Cooper Cup, Nakua, they're great. But th th what happened yesterday to me is uh, we got to continue to see that because it looked like on a number of plays, like Arizona doubled Cooper Cup. They're like, well, you're not going to throw to him there. And then they, okay, then we got 2-2 Atwell. If you worried, worried about Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, or you're going to make your whole defense about stopping them, we got some other avenues in which we can beat you. Early on, it was 2-2 Atwell. Then it became the run game. If they can run the ball like they did yesterday, at least to some capacity like that, with Matthew Stafford at quarterback and McVay calling the plays and that defense, you're damn right. They're going to be a pain in the ass, and I wouldn't want to see them in the NFC playoffs. They're 5-6. and six, Yeah. Right? I mean, look, we know it's going to be Eagles – Cowboys out of the NFC East. It's going to be the Lions yeah. out of the NFC North, unless they continue to fall apart, which is entirely possible. It's going to be the 49ers out of the West. Yeah. When you get into the six and seven seeds, you've got right now the Vikings at six and five, the Packers at five and six. The Packers are in I this. I know. New Orleans at five and six, second place for now right. in the NFC South. Either them or Atlanta, five and six. Seattle, six and five, and the Rams, five and six. And two of those teams are getting in. Yeah, and 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 a lot of them aren't. I I, I hear you. You know, the, the Rams still got the 49ers on the schedule one more time. They got the Browns this week, and they got the Ravens after that. So those will be you know big tests. But 
And I'm with you in the fact that, first off, the teams we're seeing at the bottom of the NFC playoff picture, yeah, I'm not sitting there going, oh, these teams are going to win out. I mean, Seattle, Minnesota, we've certainly seen some cracks in the armor there. Those, those, those spots are up for grabs. We'll see if your Vikings can take advantage of things tonight and beat well, the Bears and kind of can, you know, take control of their own situation a little bit more. Huge game tonight for the Vikings with huge implications on whether or not they're going to have one of those two spots. All right, let's take a break. When we return, huge implications for the Ravens as they chase down the one seed. They pulled it off last night. We'll break that down. Ravens Chargers Sunday Night Football next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience, while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Mark, uh, what'd you think of uh, Zay's couple touchdowns tonight? It was awesome. You know, we, we need a lot more. Anything, you know, um, I've been waiting on him to score multiple times in the game, you know. But having that last one with the run, that was that was a nice run. Did you see his uh, touchdown celebrations at all? The first one was horrible. I told him I didn't know what the, I I didn't know what was going on, so I was just standing there like, all right, come along with it. Yeah, when I seen what happened, I was like, yeah, that was ass. I told him my fault, my fault. <laughs> but I told him that I'm like, that was the worst celebration I ever seen. <laughs> But, you know, he scored, so I'm good. I was still happy. Laura Jackson talking Zay Flowers touchdowns and celebrations. Zay Flowers had a couple of them last night. I guess his first NFL touchdowns not in Europe. I mean, which is odd. Wouldn't, wouldn't he have had more this year? You're but right. He, yeah, had, he had that yeah, big, yeah. like, they got so many guys to feed, and he flashed at times. Yeah, he, he has hasn't his moments. Really he hasn't been, gotten the end zone. He hasn't right. really been yeah. what maybe – they thought he was going to be, but the, the the offense is what the Ravens thought it was going to be, and we saw it last night when they needed to do it. It was a little sluggish at times. Definitely. It felt like it was going to be a little F around and find out with the Chargers. Let him hang were, around. They were dangling it out there, weren't they? Like, hey, here, come steal the game. Yeah. We're going to keep messing it up. You want to steal it? You want to steal it? Right? It was an underwhelming performance by Baltimore, who we've seen at their best. We go, damn, is there a team better than them at football? You know, this is the difference between them and the Eagles, though. You know, the Eagles, they have a, a bottom baseline that they never go below, where we've seen like, teams like the Ravens and the 49ers drop below that baseline to go, man, they're bad. 
can cause them to lose some games they shouldn't lose, right? That, the, last night, that was there to be had by the, the Chargers. Now, the, the Chargers, what, what was it really what we want to say? The Chargers chargered, as usual. That's, as and they, they always, always find a way. You can count on that. You right. count on it. And last night, I'm not going to blame it on the coaches. The coaches, I thought the game plan was good from everything I saw. And we got a ton of angles here at NBC Sports and everything. Like, defensive game plan was good. Lamar in the past game never got going. The first half, they stopped the run. The Ravens, to me, were a little impatient, and I think came out with a part of the game where, like, the Chargers don't stop the pass. We're going to put an air show on in the game. You know? And that's where I think they messed up to begin with. But you know, the, the game plan altogether by the Chargers, that game was there to be had last night. Brandon Staley, I'm not going to blame him. He put his guys in position to win that game last night. Justin Herbert, interception, you know, the strip sack by the, the, the Ravens when the Chargers were down there inside the red zone, right? The Keenan Allen fumble, the Austin Eckler fumble. The players let the Chargers down last night. And the Ravens defense, of course, making those plays, bailed out the Ravens altogether to help them win the football game on a night where, yeah, the uh, offense was certainly underwhelming. Yeah, the defense really did step up, and the defense has been great all year they long. Have. They have great balance. When they're firing on all cylinders, they're going to blow you out. This is a team that can be imbalanced from time to time right. and have to ride one side of the ball to the other and still get the win. That's what happened. Let's hear from Lamar Jackson after the game on the performance of the Ravens' defense last night against the Chargers. And a lot, you know, because our defense was playing lights out all night, and we wasn't, you know, doing what we usually do, putting points on the board for those guys, but... So I'm grateful we have a great defense, you know, because without them, we don't know how this game would have went. The Ravens are in a great spot because they haven't played much lately. They had that game last Thursday night, then tonight, then they have their bye. But, but, Rams, which will not be easy as right. the Rams are trying to get to the playoffs, at the Jaguars, at the 49ers, Dolphins, and then the Steelers. Five they can't do what they did last night games. and beat those games. Yeah, you're right. Games. That no. one seed is going to disappear. I still think when it's all said and done, the Chiefs are going to end up with the one seed in the AFC because that's just what they do, <laughs> right? They just they haven't played a road game in the postseason during the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' career as the starter. This is just what they do. And when you look at that schedule, it's going to be hard for the Ravens to stay at the very top of the conference through the next five weeks. Well, if they do, you know, they'll they'll have earned it and we'll go that there's they're clearly the number one seed with the teams they beat here down the stretch to to secure that spot and, and do whatever they gotta do to get it done. You know, they got a lot of things about their football team that we love, we know that. You know, but they've had these little, you know, valleys they sneak into every t- every now and then during the year where you just go, wait, you're too good and you know you're too balanced, like you said, throughout your roster to be here in a game where it feels like the Chargers are outplaying you, or you know if they make one big play, you guys are in deep trouble. Uh, and 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 I think that was the disappointing thing for me last night watching the football game. But as the game went on, the defense making the plays, the turnovers, and I think the Ravens started to go because I'm watching the game and we have those you know the sky cam view in our room there. And then early on, they're coming out and throwing the football, and Devin McCourty and I are sitting there going, the Chargers are playing coverage every play. They were playing pass defense, pass defense, pass defense, and it took a while for Baltimore, I think, to kind of go, you know, we got we to gotta zig when we got to zag every now and then. Let's run the football and start to impose our physicality. They did that. That helped them control the game. But, damn, yeah, offense was not great last night, and the Chargers you know, did a lot of good things there, but they just find ways to mess the game up uh, one way or another on a week-in, week-out basis, and here they are 
four and seven with that team and that quarterback, you know, I think it's kind of inev- inevitable what we think is going to happen here at the end of the season. With the and, you know, the Ravens, the, the narrative this year and last year, blowing it in the fourth quarter, they tried to leave the door open for the Chargers to steal yeah, one last night, but right. the Chargers weren't able to do it. And you're right, four and seven with Justin Herbert, who's got market value contract, was the highest paid player for a couple of weeks until Joe Burrow leapfrogged him. And I think Patrick Mahomes, depending upon how you break down the contract, passed them all. Here's Brandon Staley, embattled coach of the L.A. Chargers, on their playoff hopes after last night's loss. Our focus is on beating New England. Uh, that's where our focus needs to be. The AFC is wide open. Um, it will be to the end like it has been. So uh, the only way that we're going to have a shot is if we beat New England, and that's where our focus needs to go right now. Look, I don't disagree with not having a shot unless you beat New England, but even if you beat New England, how much of a shot do you really have? Broncos twice. They have the Raiders on the road. They play the Bills. Finish with the Chiefs. It's not going to be easy. And, yeah, hey, look, somebody out there is going to get hot and run the table. Right. And we're going to say, man, they're ready. They're ready. They're in postseason form because they've won five, six in a row. So could it happen? Yes. But what has happened so far this season? For a team that's won four out of 11, what's happened to make us think they're going to win five out of six when they won four out of 11? Because it's always something with the Chargers. They find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. What magically is going to occur between this week and next week because I could see them losing to the Patriots. I could see them doing something dumb and the Patriots taking advantage of it. And even after that, that's when they get into the tougher portion of the schedule where the Broncos are there twice and the Raiders aren't going to let them off the hook easily. No. And the Bills are going to be in it. And the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs have clinched the one seed and, and yeah, go with, don't play. with you know, right. Blaine Gabbert, then, then that one's going to be a tough one as well. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you there. Nothing's going to be easy for the Chargers. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, I, I'd like to think they can beat the Patriots. Uh, but the Chargers are always scary when you make bold proclamations like that. They're certainly more talented than the Patriots. We know that. But, yeah, when you look at the rest of their schedule, I certainly don't sit here and go, oh, man, you know, they're certainly better than that team, better than that team. No, with that defense and then the offense with lack of big-time firepower on that side of the ball, it's hard for me to see a, a way in which they you know, wiggle into the AFC playoff picture. There was a moment fairly early in the game where Justin Herbert was down near the end zone. First drive of the game. Yeah. Running toward pay dirt. Right. Went out of bounds and got blown up, sir, by Geno Stone. Oh, yeah. And the flag wasn't there. And look, this has been one of the things the NFL has... For years, they'll tell us when we'd meet with them back in, you know, before the season, well, we're going to treat the quarterback who runs like a running back, and, you know, we're not going to flag it when he gets hit close. But I, that one is so far out of bounds that, because usually my, my litmus test is they wouldn't have thrown that flag if it was a running back who got hit that way. They did throw that flag when a quarterback got hit that way. That hit last night. I think they call I think that on anybody. Just about anybody. Gets that they, call. I agree. That was that was odd. Yeah, I, I, you know, that that one is one where I like to file under like you know what we talked about with Josh Allen a little earlier in the show. Hey, he's big. He's strong. He's he a can big, take it. He's the Cam he, Newton rule. He's RoboCop. Nothing can hurt him. So ah, it's no big deal, right? Uh, but but yeah, that that to me in the age of protecting quarterbacks, that was about as blatant as it gets. And I know the NFL made some comments on it, but like. His foot was out of bounds. It was touching the ground 
a yard and a half out of bounds at least, and then Geno Stone made contact there. And, yeah, that was a big moment because that would have gave them first down, and maybe they scored a touchdown. Instead, they settled for a field goal in that drive, right, if memory serves me correct. Yes. And they just come away with 3 nothing, and, you know, a little less momentum than they might have could, have could have had. Well, they drew a personal foul for the reaction Oh, the reaction, that's right. To defend I forgot. Justin yeah, Herbert, it made, right. it, it made it right. third and, and really long. Here's the pool report. See, they don't make officials available as a matter of course after every game. They should be. They should be as accountable as the players to have to explain why they did what they did. Under certain circumstances, there'll be a request for a pool report where one reporter and one reporter only gets to question the referee or Walt Anderson or whoever is deemed to be the right person to talk to. So Alan Eck, the referee, said the ruling on the field was that the quarterback was trying to gain yardage. While he was still in bounds, the defender committed to the tackle. And as his foot, the quarterback's foot, landed out of bounds, the defender made contact. So since the defender already committed to the tackle while the quarterback was in bounds, it was deemed a legal hit. Okay, fine. And that addresses the okey-doke maneuver we've seen from quarterbacks yeah, where they'll sure. get close to the sideline and then they'll they'll act like they're pulling up and the defensive player pulls up and they zoom forward for another five or ten yards. But still, when the contact comes that far out of bounds, like if you're lining the guy up for the tackle and the the point you're estimating, we get you know you need a protractor or a, you know, a, a, but you you know where you're going to encounter. Yeah, him. right. If it's clearly out of bounds, it doesn't matter that you've committed to making the hit when you've committed to making a hit out of bounds. Yeah, now that was one where the body language, everything showed you. There was no wiggle room for him to go up the sideline for a few extra yards, right? I think that's one where we hear the NFL and the rules committee and and people from the NFL teach us every year where they'd go, the players have shown their ability to react in those moments and not do stuff like that. It's very real, and they've adjusted in a lot of areas like that throughout football, and that was one that you you felt like was pretty easy. The Ravens got a Away with one, and I understand the Chargers' O line being pissed off, and uh, they just, you know, getting the retaliation penalty there was was a big deal. If if they can expect a defensive back to avoid hitting a defenseless receiver, yeah, flying in the, helmet, the middle, when he drops his right. helmet or into the target too. zone right. at the right. last second, they can expect Geno Stone to not hit Justin Herbert clearly out of bounds. Or we'll take a break when we return. Browns injuries becoming a real problem as they stay on the West Coast in advance of their game at the Rams. More PFT Live right after this. We talked earlier about the Broncos getting the win. Bad news for the Browns coming out of that. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has a concussion. If he's not cleared by Sunday at the Rams... It will be P.J. Walker or Joe Flacco. It won't surprise me if Flacco gets the start. They were out on Walker. They put Dorian Thompson-Robinson over him. Yeah. And this was going to be kind of like the homecoming week for DTR. They're going to practice at UCLA this week, yep. staying out on the West Coast. Right. Great bonding opportunity for the team. That's something Miles Garrett was talking to me about last week. But now DTR is injured. Miles Garrett heard something pop in his shoulder, and he was in a sling and needed help to put his shirt on. That's a problem. And Amari Cooper had x-rays on his ribs. It just shows you how one week can just change the vibe around a team dramatically. And we're scratching and we're clawing and we're fighting and we're winning. And, And now lost 
and another quarterback injury to go with Deshaun Watson's injury and Miles Garrett. If he's hurt, that affects that team dramatically if he can't play. And the Browns may may just, you know, the Browns is the Browns. They may just slip right out of contention. At a time when it felt like yeah. they had a real shot at the Super Bowl, one game just like that, and it feels like it could go the other way. Yeah, these injuries coupled out with Deshaun Watson a few weeks ago, I mean, they're, they're battling against some bad luck, certainly. And they're a team that you know, doesn't have a ton of wiggle room. We know they want to play a game of, you know, run the ball, defense make a few plays. That's going to help us win the game. And Miles Garrett is the guy that is the leader in chaos for their defense and making plays and strip sacks and everything we've talked about there. Right, the quarterback situation. You're exactly right. I don't. It might be a little too early for Flacco. PJ Walker did come in and look good yesterday, uh, but I will be interested to see that move there and what they do with the quarterback situation. DTR did some good things. You know, he knows how to play the position of quarterback. That's for sure. But damn, did not have Amari Cooper off of that as well, who's the go-to definite big play receiver of that offense. You know, those are some big injuries in that game yesterday. Uh, we'll see if they can weather the storm. And like you said, they got some tough tests here down the stretch to, to, to try to stay in this AFC playoff picture. They need DTR back, even though he was the backup anyway. Look, I mean, I keep going back to quarterback play may be the difference as to who gets in and who gets out. And the Browns may just slip right out of this. They're only a game ahead of that 6-5 and five yeah, cluster. Right in the AFC. It's not going to take much for them to fall out of it. And they've got the Rams next who are making their move on the uh, on the outside in the NFC. Let's take a break. When we return, the Chiefs desperately needed to stabilize things. It didn't look good early. It looked a lot better late. We'll talk about the Chiefs and Raiders when PFT Live continues right after this. The Kansas City Chiefs spotted the Las Vegas Raiders 14 points and then outscored them. 31 to 3 the rest of the way. That's kind of what the Chiefs will do. (laughs) They'll score their points in bunches. I remember there was a game against the Raiders several years back, early in Mahomes' career, where they scored 28 points for the game. Yeah. And they all scored. They all happened in the first quarter, right? First or second quarter. Right. By halftime, that was it. Yeah. No, they're they're the all-time run team, right? The momentum team. They're I think in the past we've kind of said they're like the Golden State Warriors of you know the the the, the NFL. Going an eighteen to two run, yeah. You just and all know of a sudden it's you're like, come. whoa, they were kind of being outplayed, and all of a sudden they're what? They're blowing this team out. I mean, yesterday was real shaky. You went, oh man, they're, they're got a hangover from the Eagles Monday Night Football game. What's going on? I mean, first off, the Chiefs defense we know has been the shining beacon of their football team all year. The Raiders come out and just move the ball up and down the field on the on the Chiefs. First drive, touchdown, Jacoby Myers, O'Connell's looking good. He's dicing them up, Devontae Adams. Second drive, they march right down the field and get to the 12-yard line and miss a chip shot field goal. Third drive, get the ball, second play, here you go. Josh Jacobs, go-go, rockets up my ass, down the left sideline, touchdown for a big run, and they're up 14-0. But to like your point, Mike, like sometimes when the Chiefs get in these moments, it just allows this guy to go, okay, I'm going to take over. I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to buy time. I'm going to be aggressive. It almost gives him the green light to be aggressive and start making plays. And that's what it felt like happened. You know, They started to find the rhythm in the pass game. He started to, I'm going to float around and buy a little time. And then they got this guy involved, Rasheed Rice, where hopefully they got a receiver now in that group that could be a go-to guy along with Kelsey at tight end in the run 
game in their defense. They need somebody at receiver to step up and be that guy. Hopefully Rasheed Rice did that for them yesterday. It feels like they've been unreasonably obsessed with making Kadarius Tony into the number yeah, one. Right. Like they stole him from the Giants yep. and we feel even better Had a high about draft this. Grade. Yeah. We yeah. traded for him. Yeah. And, and enamored by his talent yeah. on the practice field. Right? And we keep giving him opportunities, right. and they have right. him doing all sorts of different things. They're trying to get him to buy in and go all in. I think they're trying to coax him to go all in with He's football. always got an injury that yeah. arises, too. And yeah. meanwhile, Rasheed Rice, the guy that Patrick Mahomes basically scouted in person, worked out with him before the draft, he may be the guy that naturally evolves into number one. Who knows? It was just one game, but... 10 targets, 8 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown for Rasheed Rice. Exactly what they needed. And you just need guys who can catch the ball. There was an item on NFL.com yesterday making excuses for the Chiefs receivers. And one of them was, well, they're just a couple of feet away from where the ball is being placed. It's like, I don't give a shit. If it hits your hands, you catch it. I don't care if you're not in the right spot. Like that, the drops are attributed yeah. to the fact that they're not exactly in the right spot where they need to be. The right spot is the ball hits your hands. Oh, yeah. That's the right spot. Yeah. And you catch the ball when I it mean, hits your hands. What, like, does that, yeah, is the Valdez Scantling drop? I mean, what do they want him to put it in his pocket? They want him just to, like, hey, don't use your hands no, at all. No, he's drop supposed it. to be in the spot where the throw isn't. Right. It's almost like a, a Patrick Mahomes in a roundabout way to the extent anyone would say the balls aren't exactly where they need to yeah, be yeah. and that that's accounting for the drops. The guys aren't exactly where they need to be. I don't care. Yeah. It's hitting your hands. No, we've watched. I, I mean, football is a game of inches, but right. when you're in space like that, it's all about having the ability to go put your body and your hands where the ball is. The ball isn't always going to be perfectly threaded through a needle, and sometimes when it is, it's harder to catch because it's like, oh, this is perfect. Don't drop it. You need to be active with your arms moving around, and that's part of the innate skill that a pass catcher has. You just go get the ball. So I, I just thought it was weird. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know who they're trying to help here. Are they trying to help Mahomes? They're trying to head off any criticism. He's not putting the ball right where it needs to be because they're not right where they need to be. Regardless, if it hits you in the hands, it's yeah, right where wants it to needs it. to be. Yeah, nobody wants to hear it. We, we've seen enough Chiefs football this year to go, yeah, Mahomes hasn't been perfect. It's not his best year of his career, but damn, he's been amazing for the most part. And all the drops I remember, I go, well, you're an NFL receiver. You should catch the freaking catch the ball, ball there. In your hands. Period. Justin uh, Watson, fourth and 25, in your hands. Catch the ball. Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, right. game winner potentially, in your hands. Catch the ball. Travis Kelsey, in your hands. Catch the ball. They right. don't need a ton at this position. They just need somebody to be a presence, yeah. right? Big moments. Can somebody make a play outside the realm of what the playbook is throwing out there for you every now and then? I think that was the encouraging thing for Rasheed Rice. He's got speed. He's got size. He's 6'2". He's over 200 pounds. He's, one of the things I loved about him coming out in the draft is he runs through arms tackle. He breaks tackles. We saw some run after the catch. We saw a one-on-one -on -one back shoulder up the sideline. They just need somebody like that to take the pressure off the group of the rest of the offense a little bit. And it seems like as we go here, it's rounding into form to where he's going to be that guy. It feels like Mahomes trusts them. We'll see where it goes. But they certainly need that element of their offense to kind of improve the way they've looked here over the last you know month or so on that side of the ball. I wear this damn shirt for two hours for a 90-second Monday yeah. Night Football preview. Bar here we go, Bears. We'll do it next here on PFT Live. Mike Dick on the burst. There I – wait, listen. Oh, there it was. <laughs> I hit my head. I was 
Wait, wait, show it again. Wait, listen. Oh, I see you there wait. on the bottom left. Wait. I hear that? Hey, I do hear that. I'm filing a lawsuit against myself. Yeah, for being an idiot. Well, I stood here with the... Okay, that's enough. Ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. That's from The Simpsons. Ow, quit it. Ow. Okay, so I, I plug in my laptop, and I know, like, I know how it's... Because I'm, I'm like... Like this is gonna like this yeah, takes this a lot is, out. I gotta get, I gotta and then get once down I there. plugged it in, I sprang up right into the table. All right, hopefully that doesn't. Ha- hopefully it's not a metaphor for what happens to the Vikings tonight. I hope hopefully it they is. don't thump their heads against the roof at U.S. Bank Stadium the way I thump my head against this plexiglass table. I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. The Bears' defense has been a pain in the butt lately. Right? They challenge you. They're not going to play zones and let you slowly pick them apart. They're going to make Dobbs throw the ball into some tight windows. Right? And we know he's done well, and O'Connell's a master game player. And then the Bears got some weapons on the outside. Field's been throwing the ball better, and we know they can run the ball. I'm taking the Bears in the upset tonight. I I yeah, know. I am. I hope they do it. Justin Jefferson could come back tonight. Yeah, that'll be big. I think they want to hold him to after the bye. They play the Raiders after the bye. bye. He's questionable. There's still a chance he's going to play tonight. We'll see. It's been seven weeks. I won't be there maybe tomorrow. It's time. Are you going to wear your jersey again tomorrow if they win? If they win, maybe I'll maybe I get the job. Let's the, go, the Bears. Jersey. Boom. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.